Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. Brad is still sick. Cam is still well. Hey, Cam. Hey, Monica. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. I'm uh, happy to that you could fill in for Brad. We hope he feels better soon. And we hope that he can make it to our live showing on YouTube.com slash the mad ones yes ma'am at 10 tomorrow. p.m tomorrow, tomorrow 10 p.m night. eastern so it'll yes, the, we are the mad ones meets the propaganda report <laughs> some or all of the propaganda report i will have to i do have to tell you something straight off today i'm sad why my, oh my my like literally so my favorite comedian of all time is steve martin yeah i think i just think he's like the best i've ever heard he's got but a new like, hulu series you know a very close second is Norm Macdonald. And unfortunately, uh, after nine years of a secret battle with cancer, he died at 61 years old. Oh, so I'm, I'm bummed. I don't mean to start a show off with you being bummed out, but I did want to say that it is, you know, rest in peace, uh, Norm Macdonald. And also uh, one book that you should check out. I keep hearing, I, I decided to get it on audible today is his book based on a true story where he actually read his own memoir. So if you want a little bit more Norm today, check really? out that book and, and give that a listen. I'm going to be doing that starting right after we do this. Okay, I'll have to do that. So, yes, I always liked him. He actually made me laugh. He was very funny. And I did. I do appreciate that. It, but uh, he's not the only comedian in the news today, is he? He's not. His. Uh, I, I don't... I don't know if they were on at the same time or not because I was too young to watch SNL back in, in that time period, except like Norm MacDonald as um, Burt Reynolds on Celebrity Jeopardy. I'll never forget. Oh, but, so funny. Second <laughs> only to Sean Connery. <laughs> but Jim Brewer uh, stepped up in a major way recently. And I was like, I didn't know the guy from Half Baked would be this this good on COVID. He's Goat Boy. He was Goat Boy right. on SNL. <laughs> But he he decided that he was going to cancel his own shows at venues that were going to require COVID vaccination. Wow. And that's is he unvaccinated. I you see. I, I don't know if he is or not. I would assume he's he's not. Um, but that's incredible. You don't hear a lot of celebrities, even somewhat minor ones like him, breaking from the 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 narrative i assume that he'll be canceled and i wonder if he really has the 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 pockets for that i always feel like the deep pockets are what keep you from uh you know gives people the power that's why i i really feel and i do in the patron 15 want to talk to you about the biden's tax proposal but i feel like a big part of the control is to make sure that you control the income and autonomy of people, especially the more influential you are, the more at risk you are of being canceled or just killed even maybe where everyone knows about the, or many people have heard of or read the confessions of an economic hitman where he would go to elected officials in other countries and say, this is the deal. If you take the deal, we will make you rich. If you do not take the deal, we will kill you. And I think that's like a mob tactic, which, of course, the government is just a big mob. But, you know, you have to have independent money, FU money, if you really want to be your own man. And then I look at people like Anthony Bourdain, 
and Joan Rivers, who I think, I think there's a good chance both of them were rubbed out because they were influencers who, who could not be controlled. They had some integrity and they just could not be controlled. So let's, let's see how, if this guy prospers. I hope he does. I I saw some tweet from some, uh, like maybe 20 year old white girl saying, who even are you? Why do you, why do we think you matter? No one listens to you. And it was like of the, all the basic white girl opinions. Thank you for sharing yours. We never would have heard this without you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that just shows you how shallow and ridiculous she is. And that mindset is, is like, nobody, nobody cares about you. Therefore, what you say is not valid. It's yes. just silly. And last night I was watching an X-Files with, it was, a, of course, you know, an old one. They, it was 25 <laughs> years old, but, or less. And Victoria Jackson, another SNL star was on that. Remember her? She was like kind of ditzy blonde with the yes. bouffant hairdo or whatever. And I think she was actually intelligent in real life. She just played that shtick. And she used to get roles and be popular. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she came out as a Republican. And I don't think we've ever heard from her again. <laughs> Imagine losing your job for coming out as some for something as mainstream as being a Republican. Like that's it is, that's crazy. It is amazing. And I think the way it works is they do like the power and the reaction. They do like I was just having a conversation with my impeach Gavin Newsom <laughs> friend out here. And we were talking about would would they put Hillary in or Trump? Like go back and if if the big they are in total control, what did they want? And we kind of went back and forth. And I concluded that at a certain point, I think Ted Cruz, Trump, or Hillary, any of those would have been fine for it. They had a scenario for any of those outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I believe all those people were control. So with Hillary, if you can get people to get behind her like you did with Obama, you could get a lot accomplished. Yeah, that's with never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. So she so she would have had to have been a reactionary candidate. She would have had to have been an oppositional candidate, a candidate that got people to react to her and turn against her, which I think that role is reserved for Republicans. So that is the role that Trump played, but mm. That would be the only role a Republican would be allowed to play as the spoiler, as the reactionary, as the irate, the leader of the irate minority, despite the fact mm. that he kind of won. But then the the left will say, but Russian collusion. So the reason I picked those three candidates, Cruz, Trump and Hillary, is because all of them had the potential to be illegitimate. So Cruz was Canadian. Like there was no doubt in my yeah. mind they should have vetted that. And they didn't. So I thought they were teeing it up for a constitutional crisis. Hillary had lots of illegal votes, and you could prove that for sure. I don't know if it would have been the difference maker, but that is just de rigueur in California, where they will ask illegal immigrants who will get, or just immigrants, people who are not voting qualified, they will register them to vote at the DMV. Like, I know plenty of people who registered to vote who were not qualified to vote, eligible to vote. So, and then with Trump, I thought it was a stretch to have the Russian collusion thing. If it was just a way to have a not my president presidency, the conflict is important. But if the person, if, if you're going to have, you don't want to give up the mainstream to the hated thing if the mainstream is the left. So Obama mainstream left loved. Clinton kind of mainstream left loved, but Bush hated, Trump hated, I just feel like that's how it is. So you can be that other thing, but only if you're hated. 
Do you think that they um, chose Trump to be in that position for the time he was in there just to make the people who were at one point anti-war left, who were at one point uh, would go against all of the things he's doing right now, mad enough to let him get away with anything that he wants to get away with right now? Uh Wait, you said Trump. Or do you mean Biden? Yeah. So do you no? Yes. Yeah, so do you think Trump was put in there to make them angry enough to let Biden get away with whatever he wants to now? Hmm. Let me think about that. I think with Obama and Trump, they put them in to destroy what was good and ideological about that side of the aisle by giving people a cult of personality. Obama was just untouchable with the halos and everything. And he got to drop 20,000 bombs a year on, uh, on Syria. Yeah. So they really destroy. And, and he was, he was corrupt with like Solyndra and stuff. Like he did lots of stuff that a lot of the left was disappointed with him, but only quietly hush hush behind closed doors. And with Trump, I felt like he had absolutely no regard for the basic principles that animated the right, which were the Bill of Rights and fiscal responsibility. He had not, nothing there. As a matter of fact, he ushered in the era of the Republican infrastructure project. So, so is Biden just another lesser of two evils candidate? I don't know. I just, I feel like they don't criticize. They just don't criticize the left. And I guess this is how I think it works. The powers that be put in the guy to do what they need that guy to do. And the media makes sure that the people on his side who would object from an ideological perspective don't have a voice. That's what I think happens. Yeah. And a lot of times your guy is the guy who gives you what you want the least because he's the only guy who can silence you. Right. Well, one of the things that I don't know if I mentioned it yesterday, I came across an article that talked about how the FDA and several people in the FDA were railing against the idea that boosters of the COVID vaccination need to be happening now because their their thought is we're not at that point in the pandemic. And this comes a week. I think it's a week before Biden's plan to start pushing out boosters is supposed to come out. And so the, the establishment, the president is saying one thing and the FDA is saying we need to hold off on the boosters. But of course, I run across this article today where Anthony Fauci, that old bowl of cigarettes, says <laughs> it may take many, many more vaccine mandates to end the COVID-19 pandemic. So not just we wow. need more vaccine, we need yeah. many, many more mandates. Wow, that's amazing. So one thing I forgot to read yesterday when we were talking about the, the um, what was it, shame and science being replaced by should have got the shot Yeah, language. And like, I mean, people have just been sending me email after email of the stories that since I read that have been, I should have got the shot. And yesterday I had an article that said the guy supposedly totally not verified went to a hospital and the hospital called 43 different places, other hospitals to give him cardiac care. And, and I don't know if you know this, but this is what I've been told. I've been told that, and I actually witnessed this myself. My friend died in ICU. I was there the day she died and she was in like quasi ICU. Like there's some interim thing. And they said, we're going to switch her to ICU. And I just wondered where it was, like where they were going to move her bed. And they said, oh, we're not moving her bed. We're just changing this room to an ICU room. 
Hmm. Like it gets a higher level of care. Like the guy, the doctor goes in there every so often. She gets these machines, the nurse it comes at whatever. So there was no change at all. And she then went from a, like a quasi ICU bed to a full ICU bed without moving at all. And so what, I, what I've been told is that the ICU is flexible like that. So you don't have extra ICU beds. You're almost kind of always at capacity because that's how they manage it. And then I had someone write to me, a listener, and I think I thought she put it in a in a. I thought she did it put it well because it applies to lots of other businesses. Are you interested? I'm very interested. That's excellent, Monica! Exclamation mark regarding numbers manipulations of ICU beds at capacity. All my years in retail, never once was the stockroom big enough because it wasn't producing sales. So you you relegate as many square feet to the sales floor as you can while keeping the inventory area small. I've never seen a facility that there is extra room in a warehouse or extra room in the back room of a retail store because that's just a waste. The stock room is always packed, sometimes to the gills. It may even have been a fire hazard sometimes, but my point is at no time have I ever been in a stock room at any place I've ever worked and said it's only 70% full. No retail architects or designers ever design it that way. It's just the nature of the business. And I actually, in business school, I remember just-in-time inventory. They would even get it to the point where the stock room was really a pass-through, a pass-through. Mm. So she said, constantly being full was a feature, not a bug. And as I was listening to your September 1st, patron 15, how easily some statistics can be manipulated, misrepresented to the public who don't really read between the lines or know these little facts. Can you imagine the outrage people would have if they walked into a hospital with a hundred empty ICU beds that could be used for other purposes or jacking up their prices, wasting resources, et cetera. So you have to be hundred percent ready to have ICU, but you don't have to use all those beds, keep all those beds available at all times. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting way of putting it. Like for people who work in other fields, like I find the analogy, some people criticize it because it means you can't find the true nuance of a, of a situation if you're using analogies. But boy, if you get the right analogy, you can impart your own experience to the thing you're trying to figure out. And I feel like for the 80% of the things that that works for, it's very helpful. So I appreciate that. I also had another message to correct the record. I said the J the Jurgens CEO seemed like a good guy. Didn't want to get in people's faces about vaccines or testing or antibodies. And uh, I figured it was the body lotion company, but apparently it is not that it is a small company, maybe in Ohio and uh, Jergens, the big brand, of course, is owned by some other big company. conglomerate. Probably yes, in China. of course, of course, of <laughs> course. So what else? Let's, let's uh, wind up the rest of the vaccine talk since it is, top of news today <laughs> well for one um the uh Sil i can't i can't read this name can you sylvain lefevre oh Lefe um from I, I i'm i'm not french Lefebvre. i can't pretend to be french <laughs> I, you're supposed I'm to swallow him, that r Le i'm gonna call Lefebvre. him silver sylvain lefevre nice gonna, it's bad it's definitely no, it's wrong bad. but i like it that's good <laughs> But he uh, he just signed as an assistant coach for the NHL team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they like just signed it a contract, and they just terminated his contract over his decision not to get a COVID nineteen vaccine. 
So it must have been in his contract that he had to abide by all health protocols established by the company. I'm assuming that was in there. And someone else wrote to me saying, I, and this has happened a lot, that you are being told. It's like Mr. A called and said that he he was fired from his job for refusing a drug test when, in fact, he didn't refuse the drug test. They refused to give him the drug test because he wouldn't wear a mask into the clinic. So people are being oh. are considered having quit when they're getting fired for not being vaccinated and that's screwing up their employment status and, um, you know, their ability to get unemployment and just maybe enforce contracts. So be very yes. careful. And I think over time, a lot of people will prevail in these, in these lawsuits, but the damage will have been done. So when they gave, when they're giving like mandates and in, in healthcare facilities or the federal government that you have to be vaccinated and they're firing people who aren't, those people may get compensation eventually for unjust firing or even get their jobs back in some capacity. But in the meanwhile, every single solitary person you run into in a hospital like that or in a government agency are going to be vax borged or, or absolutely fully borged where none of them is going to be absolutely none of them is going to be somebody who is comfortable with thinking for himself and concluding that they don't want to get the vaccine and then standing by their convictions to not get the vaccine. So they're systematically eliminating people of that character type. So don't expect any sympathy if you have a problem with somebody there about a vaccine issue, because absolutely everybody there has either compromised or is fully a, a true believer. Well, I just, I, I also find it interesting that uh, in some ways, they're going to be able to slip into uh, certain jobs and certain businesses because within their contracts, they'll have some stipulation because they travel about vaccination and they'll be able to slip in the COVID vaccine, even though it didn't exist before the contract was signed. And so yeah. I feel like there are going to be some real sly ways that they slip stuff like this in through existing verbiage. Yes, I would think so. And in, I had a problem at my job because back in the day, I had an arbitration clause in it. And uh, I, a lot of people were let go at the same time in violation of, or what we thought were in violation of these contracts. And the arbitration clause, I think, allowed the company to choose the arbitrator, the arbitration company, and every single solitary case was arbitrated in the exact same way, which was the company's offer, initial offer, which was a, a deeply discounted payout on the contract was accepted in every single case. So the arbitrator just ruled with the company 100%. So if you have an arbitration clause in there, you might not be able to say, hey, you're discriminating against me, or your health and safety rules are not, you know, don't uh, stand up to legal scrutiny. You won't even ever get your day in court. Yeah, I, I had one job that had the arbitration clause. And I remember looking at it and going, Oh, so I have no legal recourse outside of what they choose. And I was like, this is a bad idea to sign it. I signed it anyway. And it was fine. But yeah, at I the mean, same time, in my industry, every single company did it. That's collusion. And and it was a company that required government charter to operate. So you couldn't just quit. I used to say this about it was a bank. I used to say this like, me and all the girls who got fired by this one guy who I thought was a sexist could have started Chick Bank. We work harder for less. But you can't because his buddy isn't going to give you a charter. Like, that's just not how it works. They can get away with this stuff because they aren't really facing competition. 
So that that's a big deal in my opinion. And I want to can hit I talk, on. Can I, yeah, yeah, I, God, God. I was going. just going to say, there's this story that we haven't hit on since we started last Thursday. Okay. That or Wednesday, I can't remember. Uh, that I can't believe we haven't talked about yet, which is that Chipman lost. Oh. Yes. Like that is yes. so good. Yes. <laughs> it's so and good to see. I looked into that because when he first came out, this was Biden's nominee for the ATF, uh, the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms leadership. And I smelled a rat with this guy from minute one. First of all, he was a huge gun control advocate, very vociferous in that way. He's actually at the Gifford Center. So that's his job. And that's a, just the biggest gun control or uh, uh, organization around. But he was there for the World Trade Center bombing in 93. He was there for OKC. He was there for Waco. That guy was in every, he was, whether he was cleaning up or he was there on the scene at the time, he was at every high profile thing, just like Merrick Garland was at most, if not all of those high profile things that I named. And those were all, I would say every one of those was either involved in an inside job or a cover up. So the guys who were Johnny on the spot there, one of them actually, Donald Sockleben, was later put in jail for kitty porn when he blew the whistle on the second underwear bomber in Yemen. And when I looked at his history and I realized like he was on the scene in OKC, my guess is he just couldn't tolerate the idea of people getting hurt again. So he was a whistleblower and they put him in jail for kiddie porn. Look into that story, Donald Sockley. Hmm. So these people, I think anyone associated with like multiple of those events back then, and Biden would be also somebody associated with multiple of those events back then. Yeah, don't you remember that video of Biden right after Waco, like laying in to Koresh and the Branch Davidians as a whole? Like these are these are the same people. And that when I made that that red pill, that was my thing was these are the same people. That was before Joe Biden even became president. These are the same yes. freaking people. And he was saying that those little children set fire to themselves. Like that was disgusting. Yeah. And he later took credit for the USA Patriot Act saying he tried, he wrote it after OKC. And of course they, it was written probably before OKC and they just, it, they didn't get it through. They tried so many different things to get that through, including I would say world trade center 93 and OKC, but the Chipman National Association for Gun Rights is, is taking credit, but Gun Owners Association of America, the Gun Owners of America, which yeah. is an association, they're taking credit too. And I have actually always liked them. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I like GOA. No, they're, they're, they're the better of the gun rights organizations. Because, yes. you know, the NRA is essentially the just the moderate wing of the gun control people. Like yes. they're, they're, they're not pro gun. Yes, they're absolutely, <laughs> they're control. They talk about control registration and background checks and everything. They are the ones who are rolling out the, the parameters for control that the negotiated position, I guess. So, but I was a little annoyed because when I, I looked in further and I just, I find this like telling Donald Trump's nominee was also withdrawn for the same reason, Chuck Canterbury. He failed to win approval in a Republican-controlled Senate because of concerns about his views on gun rights. And with him, he he uh, I forget. It says, despite here's a quote, despite high praises 
Oh, oh, maybe it wasn't GOA who got rid of Chipman. I think it was GOA who got rid of Canterbury. Oh. They said that he testified before Congress to support anti-gun uh, people like Sotomayor and Eric Holder. Wow. Um, under Canterbury's watch, the Fraternal Order of Police backed congressional measures to expand the uh, NICS system, the same system where 95% of the initial denials of um, gun applications are false, incorrect. And at the state level, the Fraternal Order of Police under Canterbury's watch supported universal background checks and opposed constitutional carry. So the GOA was actually taking credit for the Trump one, which good on them. And it was the National Association for Gun Rights, which took credit for the Chipman failure. So let's see where that goes. Let's see where that goes. I So I know this isn't news or analysis, but I do have to say that Chipman had probably the most punchable face of anyone I've seen in a long time. Yes, he he's a face that definitely is punchworthy. <laughs> I used to say that about Eric Holder. I always wanted to punch Eric Holder in the face. It's just some guys are like that. And, and they don't care, by the way. Anthony Blinken definitely doesn't care. Unless he actually gets it in the face, he does not care what you think of him. But we don't have time to talk about that now. And I do want to get to the last big story of the Free 30, where I'm going to tell you about the Wall Street Journal having launched a series called The Facebook Files. But I think I know why. And I'll tell you about that. In the Patron 15, I want to talk to Cam here about taxes, spending, and inflation, and see what kind of a libertarian he really is. Let's see if those how deep those still libertarian waters run with young Cam. <laughs> And of course, a big sponsor, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net. He, LibertyGear.net is run by one of our absolute favorite patrons, a very generous patron saint who makes the DPPs super fun. He also established the URL DPPDiscord.com, which we have actually gotten shout outs for how fun and cool the crowd is at the Propaganda Report server at Discord, which our friend at libertygear.net established. He also has very, very fun posters, t-shirts, masks with irreverent sayings on them, ways for you to connect with other people in your community. We had a Zoom party recently where one of the patrons said she saw a shirt that said, unvaxxed and deplorable, something like that. And she went and asked him where he got the t-shirt. And he said, five people asked me, I just had it made. So you could have a t-shirt like that made at libertygear.net. All you have to do is go to the site and email uh, our patron proprietor there, and he will work with you. He's worked with me and I love it. And Christmas is coming sooner than you think. So do something fun and hilarious, something ridiculous, force your family to wear like the same <laughs> irreverent or embarrassing t-shirt. I, I've actually done that and I kind of think that's fun too. <laughs> but not only do we like you to support our sponsors, we like you to support our show. And as I've mentioned before, and I, I'm, I don't know if everybody knows this, it's uh, Share the Show Tuesday. And we want you to share the show with people who do not pay for it. And that's okay. We want them to listen. We want them to connect with us. We want them really just to start thinking. I do not care what anyone thinks about what I say as long as they are thinking. If they have their own opinion, if it's a reasoned opinion, if it is based on uh, information that has 
withstood some scrutiny. That's all I want. I wish I were wrong about everything. I wish people would come and tell me and prove to me I'm wrong. I, I yearn for that day. So we like to keep Share the Show Tuesday free. We want people to listen to the show every single day. And if you are an avid listener, a longtime listener, and you want to support the show, even if you don't have time for more content, you will get the content. You don't have to listen to it, but it would be nice if you supported the show. Plus, when I see a new patron pop up at the end of the day, it really makes my heart feel joy. I'm not kidding. I get that. I get I get the most out of that of anything in my day. So if you want to become that patron, patreon.com slash propaganda report is a place to start. And if you want Rockfin, which is just an avalanche of great videos from a lot of different creators, including We Are the Mad Ones, our friend Cam here, rockfin.com slash propaganda reports the place to go. And now on to the last story of the free 30. And that is the Wall Street Journal's Facebook files. So I'm reading this. It's everywhere. The headline says, Facebook says its rules apply to all. Company documents reveal a secret elite that's exempt. Now, I, of course, would have said who is exempt, but Usually the Wall Street Journal is good in their grammar, but that is not the code cracking that I'm here to give you. That the Wall Street <laughs> Journal made a grammatical error. It is, it is that it went. It, so this is on the front page. It is a two page, two full pages inside, or almost two full pages inside. I haven't seen anything like this since they took down that Theranos chick. And I thought when I dug into that Theranos chick, the the um, the diabetes test the woman who was like the toast of the town and then now she's on trial for fraud and i couldn't understand the wall street journal just would not let it go until that chick was out down arrested and i found out that rupert murdoch and his cronies were big investors she made a fool of them and they took her down so i'm looking at this and i'm like this is a this is an axe grinding like they they did tiktok the other day they did this Facebook, another thing in the Facebook file. So this is about how people who are, um, that are, they're exempt from the normal, it's called like cross-checked and they're exempt from the initial like algorithms that pull controversial stuff off. If you have this kind of white check mark, you get, you get, um, they will like personally review it. So you can have offensive stuff up there for like a whole day, get your message out, dox your girlfriend, or in one case, uh, someone who accuses you of rape. And, and that they, so Wall Street Journal is making this big stink. I'm like, okay, so what's your, what's your thing here? You want more censorship? Like you don't like that there's like not total, okay, I understand it's inequality, but what you're just calling for is more censorship. And what you're also calling for is more cost of censorship, which in the end benefits big tech because startups cannot employ tens of thousands of censors. And furthermore, once you start allowing that, once you start making that possible, then that's how the standard works. That the, the, like in tort law or whatever, they will look at what it was possible for you to do. So if you're a startup and you can't afford those sensors and someone gets injured because a troll goes on there and sets you up for some kind of incident, they can say, well, Facebook, it wouldn't have happened on Facebook. Therefore, the technology exists. Therefore, you can't occupy this space without these kind of precautions. It really keeps startups from happening at all. But yeah, keep going. No, I was just saying, there's, um, it, it's ironic to me that just 
I think two or three days ago, I saw a little post that was built into Facebook talking about how um, it's been too long since the regulations on the internet have been updated. And they uh, Facebook is pushing for further regulations on the internet. Absolutely. And you know, I always knew why. And I heard on Fox Business a year or two ago, they said, well, Facebook shares are up because as you know, the more regulation, the more benefit. Those are called regulatory barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. Another article that I haven't looked into yet, but it caught my attention was Facebook knows Instagram is toxic for teen girls. Its own in-depth research shows a significant teen mental health issue that Facebook plays down in public. Have I, I don't know if I've been talking about this to you or just to Binkley, but I personally believe like then when they came out with the TikTok thing, that there is a concerted effort against young women, white women, middle-class women, whatever, to use social media to impart uh, mental ill health to them, mental illness to them. I, I really believe that. I'm going to read the article. But but the reason I think the Wall Street Journal is after Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok is that they recently, I saw the article from February 2021, cut a deal with Google that Google is going to pay the Wall Street Journal for their content. And they had a complaint against Google and Facebook, and I don't see any evidence that Facebook has capitulated, but Google has. And now these guys are either trying to get Facebook to comply or just trying to take on Facebook, I think, for the benefit of Google or to coerce them to have the same kind of deal. Because look, obviously Facebook isn't paying them because they're hitting Facebook. It's probably the same thing as like why your local news doesn't hit Big Pharma because every commercial is Big Pharma. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and let's, it, and it's not like this headline is wrong. I mean, Instagram is terrible. I mean, TikTok may be, I, I would say, cause I saw your tweet and you were like, is, how bad is TikTok? And I feel like TikTok is bad, but I feel like Instagram, which is a dying oh, medium, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think something about the way they work. I feel like Instagram's far worse wow. because of the perfection that, that especially um, influencer women put out there is far, I feel like it's far worse there than it is on TikTok because there's not oh. as many filters. There's not as many things like the, the really great content on TikTok is less than the normal run of the mill person sitting in front of their, their phone camera. That so is I would say Instagram, yeah, Instagram but TikTok is worse <laughs> as the little videos they do have. Uh, they do definitely have an impact. I think just on your, your brain impulses, Plus yeah. the information that it delivers that's wrong a lot of times is actually the opposite of what's good, what's good for you, all of that. Like, so I, I yeah, it sounds like a tight race. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to fall on my sword for which one is worse, but I feel like all the stuff Wall Street Journal is saying is true, but they're doing it because they, they have an ulterior motive. We got to wrap this up, but not without saying happy birthday to Jessica. I'm going to send Jessica some Propaganda Report and Drive Time News Blast stickers for her birthday. She's a huge fan and uh, we love her and we appreciate that she told us it was her birthday. So if it's your birthday or the birthday of somebody who listens to the show, let me know. I'll send them some stickers and uh, and give them a shout out. And with that, on to the final story of the patron, uh, on to the patron 15, where we will talk about our last stories and if you want to hear the Patron 15, go on to patreon.com slash propaganda report. 